WWF, what the world is watching. Trongard with World Wrestling Federation action. We welcome you to the Los Angeles Sports Arena, and it's great to be with you again on the Z Channel throughout Southern California. With me at ringside, in all his sartorial splendor, is superstar Billy Graham, and Billy, we have ourselves a dynamite lineup tonight. No question about it, at the head of the card, the one who's gonna explode the dynamite is the man with the bionic ball, the biceps. Hulk Hogan, my hero, your hero, everybody's hero, brother. When he walks out, there'll be pandemonium breaking loose in the sports arena on the Z Channel, brother. And, of course, there's much, much more. Hercules, Ted DiBiase, the powers of pain are here to try to take the championship away from demolition, and there's lots, lots more. Right now, let's go on into the ring. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chao Bello Veracruz. Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen, yeah. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. says I just whipped your ass to be the man you gotta beat the man Woo! look at this Nights. Tis the season, Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten, and the Essential Eleven. It is season's beatings here at the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast, the PWR Podcast, here at the PWL Networks at Podbean.com, and of course, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, or the PWC Network at Podbean.com, and of course, representing the Big Deal brand, at their Patreon, and you know, TW will give off that uh, website all the time. I keep forgetting that, but anyway, that's our, that's my uh, logistical responsibilities of giving my shout-outs and all that stuff. But anyway, like I said, tis the season to be jolly here at the PWR podcast, and I am so jolly. You know, I've been a good boy, Santa. TW's been a good boy, and before even my spiel of introducing and you know how vain I am and the vanity, you know, I asked Santa. And Santa said, have you been a good boy, Professor? And I said, yes, I have. And he said, what do you want? I said, I want something that me and TW want. 
and it has nothing to do with sl- sliding into men's DMs and all that stuff. All we right, that's just you. No, no, that was you too. All we asked for was for a particular man to be on this show. All we asked for was for the man who you keep hearing introductions about, you know, the prodigal one, JB, to be back on this show. So Santa said, let me see what I can do. Let me put you on the good list. And now in five, four, three, two, one, let me hear the voice. Can I get my Christmas present? I need to hear it. Ho, 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 it's your boy, the prodigal one. Yes! Yes! Just like Daniel Bryan, Bryan Anderson. Yes! 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 And as I see Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly, the NXT uh, pillars that are going to be all elite in January 2022 in TW's Hall of Fame. JB, what is going on? You've been at the, in the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. You've been in the Thunderdome for years. You've been tested. You've been, been testing for COVID for like months and months. How have you been? The Reflectionites want to know how have you been. TN Coupon wants to know how you've been. Donna Destruction wants to know how you've been. Greenpeace, every reflection that wants to know what has been going on with JB. What's going on, everybody? Man. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. Are you doing a sexual thing between Gargano and O'Reilly? TW? What the hell are you doing? I was trying doing? to hold him up. I was trying oh, to hold not- him up in a suplex. No, that was changed. That was missionary. Go ahead, JB. I'm sorry. Standing missionary? Nothing has changed, TW. Um... <laughs> Yeah, man. So, no, nah, man. Uh, Vince McMahon didn't read out my contract, so I've been trying to get a deal done with Tony Khan, the promoter promoters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, glad to be back on, on the friggin', on the, you know, on the reflection, uh, you know. You almost TW. forgot what it's called. Wait, you almost forgot what it's called. I'm, a, I'm already going to be no, funny. I, I, I meant to go. I actually meant to go say the hustle. I meant to say hustle. So, my bad on well, that. Obviously, he's out of his mind when he says Tony Khan's the promoter of promoters. No, I don't. I don't even give a fuck about Tony Khan. He's the Mark with money of marks with money is what he is. I could care less about the current product. The promoter of promoters is actually Dana White, unbeaten. Yeah, still. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Thank before you, that's I'm, Don King. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm so glad to be back here though, man. My brother's TW professor. You guys have been holding it down. I've been listening to you guys. Great as always. So glad to be back talking some wrestling with you guys, man. I haven't talked wrestling in forever because the current product is a capital shit, capital S. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%, and that's why we are the kings of the nostalgic train, and, and for that, I am the king of kings. I am that magnanimous one. I am that scholarly one, but most importantly, JB, what am I? What am I? What am I? I don't know. The one you can slide into his DMs, male. No, 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 no. You, you, don't, you don't mean to say the, the glorious one, do you? But say glorious it the right old. way. Shut the hell up. Let JB do my introduction. Please, what right. is, say, it, say it the right way with Glorious. Please, say it the right way. The Glorious One. That was like, that was like you falling into a, that was like you, falling, you was falling into a black like hole. Wally Coyote when he realized he was still holding the Acme brick. Y- yes. <laughs> I, I just had my, had my voice on loop. That's what it was. But yes, I am that glorious one, the Professor Chabella Cruz, and I'm not here alone. I'm with the prodigal one, JB. And of course, I am with the man, the Bob Mackey of the, of the Pro Wrestling Reflection, the Grimasun, the Pro Wrestling Reflection, the man, the dumb, dumb, doing the idiot, the iron stomach one, Mr. Wonderful, the man without a country, the man without a promotion. He is your friend and mine. Tommy Strong, a.k.a. the Tommy Wonder. You've been a good boy, too. You got JD back. You've been asking for this. You're a good boy, too. 
What's going yeah. on? I I have a question for you guys. JB, you probably don't listen to the show either because I don't. But when we record it, we always talk about the current product somehow. <laughs> and so I I have to know, at this point, I mean, the writing is on the wall for Kyle O'Reilly. They basically just were like, bye, bye, Felicia, right? Mm-hmm. But Johnny Gargano, I think the, the, the verdict's still out there, whether or not. I think he's just taking time off to be a dad and then coming back in February, and they wrote him off TV that way. But at some point, doesn't somebody in NXT or, or WWE, for that matter, doesn't somebody have to pay attention and look around and go, why would I go to AEW right now? Everybody else already has, right? So, you know, we talked about the, the meme on Facebook where they show the lady grabbing her kid that's falling in the pool while the other one's splashing around and the other one's sitting at the bottom of the pool. We can change the names a million times, but six months ago, the big deal was Christian, Big Show, and uh, Mark Henry. Mark. Yeah. Does anyone care about any one of those three? No. Alistair Black is kind of up there, but I would say Punk and Brian are the two pillars. Adam Cole is a fucking glorified extra at this point. Like, absolutely crushes me to see him in AEW because I followed him there hoping I would see Adam Cole, and instead I see the elite version of Bobby Fish. And... Now Bobby Fish is there, so he's he's not even the Bobby Fish. And so if you're Gargano, I think you go there and good things happen. Kyle O'Reilly feels more like they didn't re-sign him than he's leaving. I don't know if that feels like it to you guys, but it just feels like, hey, man, we gave you two months to get over, and you never did. Bye-bye. Um, whereas Gargano, it's undeniable he is NXT. He is. They're like They would do whatever they could to keep him. And if I'm him and I live in Florida and my wife's also under contract and because she's having this baby, that means it's going to extend another at least nine months plus whatever amount of time she takes off maternity leave. Give or, give or be take, separated. Give or take August 2022, yeah. she'll be uh, right. available. She'll be released or a uh, free agent. Right, but that's even if her contract's up. I'm saying, I'm saying because – Her contract would have been up. Her contract would have been up technically the end of this year with Gargano. It was the okay, same time. So it was the same. Yeah. So you're talking nine more months. So at the very least, I'd sign a year deal and then see what we both want to do at the end of the year. But at this point, there's so many fish in that little pond, and it is a little pond. I don't I don't care. If you keep going to Chicago every two weeks for your show and to their smaller buildings, you're not the big fish yet, right? So if they're selling out Dallas, if they're selling out um, – the Louisiana Superdome, stuff like that, by all means, go there. But at some point, AEW is going to have to start purging some people because they have too many people, right? And they they but, will, but TW, let me, let me, I don't want to jump over JB. JB, you mind if I just do this for a second? Let me just absolutely say this. not. Let me just say this for anybody. Let's, let's, let's not equate this to wrestling. Let's just equate to our own lives. You know, TW, you, you work at a certain company, let's call it Company X, right? Right, right. You know, You've been doing it for a couple of years and all that stuff. But in Company X, you you build a rapport with some of your colleagues. And and those guys and gals went over to Company A, right? Right. Maybe they went for less money. Maybe this, this Company A is following what Company X did, but they have a different mantra. They have a different philosophy. But they're having fun. Right. What if those people from Company A that you, you've established said, TW, why don't you come on over when you're, you know, 
when your contract's up, you know, whatever. Wouldn't you do that and be back with your friends and all that stuff? Maybe and you probably would be at the same salary, but then you would probably be more happier. You have you be with the people that you want to work with and all that stuff. You're it's implying that I was unhappy to begin with. Let's just however, either way. If however, you if those people move, you've come and, to the right guy with this question. Mm-hmm. Because for twenty one and a half years, I worked at Art Van Furniture. Right, and their competition were Value City Furniture mm-hmm. and Gardner White Furniture. In the last year. I worked for all three of them. And at the end of the day, in that van, in the Gardner White uniform, I feel exactly the same way I felt at Art Van, only I don't have 21-year seniority. I don't. I'm not the big fish because that company doesn't exist anymore. I was forced to find a new job. And as long as I was a service repair guy for the last 15 years, my buddy worked at PCF. And tried getting me to come there for about 10 years. And mm-hmm. I said, dude, when I leave here, I'm leaving here to do something else. I'm not going somewhere to be doing the same thing and then thinking, I just left all my comforts behind. Now, I get it. Wrestling's a little different than fixing furniture. I don't love doing it, whereas you love wrestling, right? But for the speech that he gave and how this guy, the, the fitness guy, his family, and the dude that does commentary, Joseph, Vic Joseph's his best friend. He, he does have all that there. So the risk you run is you go there and you hate it and you wish you were back doing what you were doing when you left and you didn't have to, right? So to answer your question, when I was at Value City, I thought I was stealing their money. And I have to believe there are people in AEW who aren't being used who feel like they're stealing their money, right? You're just getting paid to be in catering, as they said, in the WWE for years. And then now I'm at the other one, which, A, is older than Art Band, but mm-hmm. smaller. Art Band was the beast. They were number one, right? They didn't go out of business because of business. They went out of business because they sold to them sharks that dismantle companies and sell them off as parts. So to answer your question, <coughs> I got Gargano. I dance with the one that I know. I stay because he clearly loves it there, right? Now, you got someone like Kevin Owens who's done nothing but bellyache for fucking six years, leave. And I can't wait till he leaves because I can't wait to hear him bellyache about being there and being the guy in the bottom of the pool on the meme because he okay. will be. Oh, JB, what, what, what is your take on anything? Life, wrestling, in that si- situation? So it's around jobs. I, 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 yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to bring that up right now. So firstly, I, again, I don't, I'm prefacing by saying I don't want watch the current product. I don't know what's right. going on. I, I do watch... Not going to lie, I do watch all the WWE pay-per-views only, yep. and yep. I only do that to follow the, follow the fucking fantasy, uh, the fantasy picks to see how, how good I'm doing. That's, that's the only reason. If it wasn't for the, that fantasy pool, I would not even watch the, the product except WrestleMania Royal hey, every year. Hey, you got your reasons. Go ahead. Exactly. Anyway, number two, I have no idea who the fuck Kyle O'Reilly is, but I don't care. Number three, <laughs> <laughs> number three, like TW said, I had a really good job, and I'm going to use this example. I had a really good job. I was the one of the top guys in the company. COVID happened. I got furloughed. Professor, you know, you were you guys were really there for me when it happened because I was fucking stressing, and you know, you as brothers, you guys were there giving me giving me confidence, and I was feeling really down. And what happened? I went with another company, more than about maybe sixty percent of what I was making less. I was making, and basically started from the bottom, right. but. 
I, I ended up working for that company. I worked for another company making a little bit more money, same industry. As we stand today, I'm the number two guy in a billion-dollar company. I'm the number two guy. I'm the assistant Strange. general manager. Strange. 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 How, however, going back to what you guys are talking about now, I don't know what these guys' pays are. Clearly, WB is probably paying these guys more. However, I'm pretty positive the dates are more as well. So for some guys, maybe they can't do the stress of, of all those dates. But number two, at some point in your life, whoever you are, you have to say, you know what? And I think this is the, this is the, might be the thing with a lot of guys. I'm going to bet on myself. And mm-hmm. That's yes, exactly what Gargano said. Yes, maybe I'm going to go to AEW. Maybe they'll, they'll, I'll be an undercard. I'll be a mid-carder. But I believe in my ability. And maybe one day I'll be on the top of the card. I'll be the number one guy. Will that ever happen? I don't know. But if you believe in yourself and you bet on yourself, I know because I've bet on myself numerous times. And thank God, thank God it's worked out every time. But I can't knock somebody for that. So if Gargano feels, hey, you know what? Yes, I'm in a good spot at NXT, but I feel I could be in a better spot in AEW. I, I believe in my skills. I believe in whatever shit Tony Khan is spewing. Because you know Tony Khan is making all these guys all the promises in the world. You'll be champion in a year. And, you know, you're going to have merchandise and all this shit. I'm sure they're making all these promises. Uh, he's not really. The one thing I will say about Tony Khan. And, but how do we know uh, well, what's being said behind closed doors? No, totally. He's I, tampering I was, if he's doing it now. No, so, uh, no I, I, I can, I can really tell you what what Tony Khan is or is not saying, and I'll say this like like this because Tony Khan is a great hustler for twenty twenty wonder TW. He is the ultimate hustler. He's more better at hustling than Vince McMahon, and and you probably won't agree with this, but TK is gonna tell Gargano. Don't worry about it. You can do it your own way. And remember, TW, we said this a couple of uh, reflections ago because you asked me about this. I said, what if Gargano has a Twitch channel? Make your money. We don't want that money. Right. Be happy. Do the schedule you want to do. You're going to be a family man. Do whatever you – maybe make a YouTube channel with you and Candice Array and your baby. You can make all side that money. Side, side money. We don't want nothing. All we want you to do is be with us on a Wednesday a Friday and an occasional Saturday or Sunday pay-per-view. And you could do what the hell you want on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or a Saturday. You could go to Which a, is, but in, inevitably they're going to tour. Right, right, right. They're going so to th- tour th- inevitably. But this is the attraction. A- this is the attraction right now. He could wrestle, let's say, for Pro Wrestling Gorilla in California if he chooses to. He could wrestle for Beyond City Wrestling and some I don't know what I'm just giving you the names off the top of my head. But you do your schedule right now. That's the attraction for a lot of people. And as you said, Gargano is Mr. NXT. He's not jaded from the main roster as Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn is. All those uh, those headaches. He has never felt that. He's never experienced that. So the only thing, the only, and, and as uh, JB has said, bet on yourself. The only thing left for Johnny Gargano to bet on himself is. Take the take the the contract the year like you said TW and go to SmackDown and become Daniel Bryan 2.0. That's bet on yourself or yeah. go to AEW and be an instant you know main eventer on a Dynamite the next week and see where you go from there and let the chips fall to the bottom of the pool. And I have I have one more thing. Bottom of the damn pool, just like Christian did. You come in hot. It's the it's the Impact Wrestling booking. You come hey. in, you win the title, and then you're never to be seen or heard from again. It, it is. Years. It is what it is. What what you gonna say, JB? Let's get back. Let's get into the nostalgic train. What you're here for? I, I just have one last thing to touch on this before we move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
jaded is also plays a huge thing. If someone's fed up with WWE, they're not going to give a fuck about anything, and they're going to want to leave. What if I told you that as, as a promoter, I'm not saying this has happened. What if I told you, told you as a promoter, you could probably get a bunch of guys who are great talent to break their back for you every night, probably pay them piss, but because you are the right motivator and they hate the other company so much, they will blood, sweat, and tear for you every night, even if you're paying them pennies on the dollar. Do you think something like that is possible? You just what? described CM Punk. No, no, no. You, do you, as a promoter, it, do you think a promoter can do that? It actually happened. It was called. Well, it, it was called ECW. It was called Paul that, Heyman. That, that's, the, that's the exact thing I was gonna say. Because if any of you guys said no, it can't be done, I would be like, look at fucking Paul Heyman. They hated WWE so much that they were working for nothing, literally, and Who? Break, killing them. Paul Heyman, and ECW, and they were Who killing hated them. Well, they no, all hated. No, they he they were told to hate WWE. They were told right. to hate WCW, but Paul Heyman was a, was the hustler of the '90s because he was working. The, those wrestlers to do the things he had to do. But anyway, let's get into the nostalgic train. This is a great uh, boardroom style for the for the today, for the 2020 wonder, and for the 20... What is 2022, TW? Because I can't call it wonder. What's 2022? It's the year of Calavera Cortez, man. It's 22. It's my jersey number. The 20 terrific? 20 terrific or... 20 Calavera. Nah, it doesn't sound good. You got to work on that for next year, TW. But anyway. Deuce, deuce. But, but deuce, deuce. Start, can I, can mm-hmm. I set the table a little bit about 1988 real quick? Yeah. Well, let, let, me, let me set the precipice for all Go the reflections, ahead. JB. Absolutely. So, because JB, you know, he slid in the professor's DMs. He asked the professor reflection. That's how you guys met, right? Yeah, he did. Know. And, you know, and the KY That's Jelly after that and all that stuff KY was good. Jelly, but hold professor me. actually DM me asking me for my OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the discount. But anyway, you know, I got that 30 day discount, but neither here nor there. But anyway, JB said, you know, let's do something from, you know, something from the past where I was watching it, where I was invested, where I was a big fan. So I said, you know what? We're in the, the month of December. So I had to pick something. So I picked, you know, not an important show for all the reflectionites per se, but it's an important year per se. For all the reflection eyes. I picked December 1988, a house show from the Los Angeles Sports Arena that WWF did from December 17th, 1988. What is significant, guys, about December in 1988? Well, in the business sense of it, JB, there was AWA Super Clash 3, where it was Jerry Lawler against Kerry Von Erich. A couple of weeks after that was NWA Starcade 88 where it was Luger against Flair Deuce. It was the rematch, and everybody thought that Luger was going to become the NWA heavyweight champion of the world, which he wasn't. And lo and behold... Baltimore? That was uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. And lo and behold, WWE does this little dinky house show in the Los Angeles Sports Arena, where it was the home of the Los Angeles Clippers at the time. And look at, and if you saw it visually, reflectionized, and I know TW and JB saw it visually, you know, that place holds maybe about 10,000 people, and it looked like 7,000 was there. In comparison to AWA's Super Clash, where it was built for thousands, only about 500 showed up, and of course, <laughs> Starcade, and this is true, that's the factuals, that's the factuals, TW, and, you know, Starcade, it was a big pay-per-view, it was a pay-per-view that they needed to make money, and of course, WWE's, uh, Vince McMahon, you know, his manipulation of the cable companies, 
force them to do a, a pay-per-view in December, force them to go off their market. So, you know, Vince McMahon was laughing all the way to the bank. He, he may end up way fold, you could say, because of the business acumen that, that Vince McMahon does. So, JB, this is why it was so important to pick this. What did you see in, in the ambiance of this little dinky house show? Firstly, I just want to say, how dare you? How mm-hmm. Dare you? Dare me? Call it call this show dinky and not important. A show <laughs> that has one of the greatest entertainers of all time, one of the top chants of all time, probably the guy who single-handedly created wrestling. Of course, I'm talking about Leaping Lanny Poffo. So how dare you? How dare you? Um, yeah, so this thing had a totally different look. This is when they were into the whole dark arena and... Um, <laughs> Which is which? I'm kind of surprised because I feel like the production changed when they had the main event with with uh, you know when um, Dick Ebersol joined them for Saturday night's main event stuff. So mm-hmm. this felt this felt kind of weird, but you know it's coming off. I can I like, can answer that. I can answer that for you because well I call it dinky because that's the only word I can think of. But remember JB and TW like TW, you have your Detroit Sports Channel, right? I have a I have a sports channel called MSG. JB, you ha- we, we had that sports channel where we saw our local arena sure. wrestlings. So that, you know, for L.A. sports arena, it has to be an L.A. network. Let, let's call it KTLA. I'm, I'm just saying off the top of my head. That was their show. It was their important show. Like, the, the formula for the house shows. And, T.W., can you explain the reflection the importance of house shows back in the 80s? Because, you know... We're, I guess we're so spoiled because every month there's a pay-per-view. There's nothing special anymore. So for this particular house show in Los Angeles, it was special for them. There were story, there's still, there was a couple of storylines that were progressing or finishing up, but it was their personal house shows. Just like Madison Square Garden had a personal sh- uh, house show. Just like the Cobo Hall in Detroit has a personal house show for you. So explain it to the Reflectionites, the importance of the house show. You know, the, the funny thing is, it didn't it didn't dawn on me until you asked me the question that, um, like, I was already, I already had an answer for you when you asked the question, but I, something popped in my head. The cool thing about the house shows, I was just telling someone, I was at the Red Wing game last night, they got annihilated by Nashville, um, and I, I told, we were talking about the seats in the new Little Caesars Arena, it's a couple years older now, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I was like... When I was there for Raw and I was there for SmackDown, I didn't like it. And I had never been to TV before. I never realized that. Everything I'd ever been to live was either a house show or pay-per-view, which doesn't have commercial breaks. So I'm sure you guys have been to Raw or SmackDown live. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're in the ring and it goes to a commercial, the lights go off, and they just have to stand there in the ring in the dark for two minutes and two seconds, like Chuck Woolery says. And it's like, <laughs> this is weird, right? On top of the fact that they do the backstage segments on the screen and everything, but you can't hear the commentary. So it's just a, it was a letdown for me, but the house show, however, and, and wrestlers will tell you this, they'll tell you on podcasts, they'll tell you in interviews with the news, they'll tell you when they're promoting a house show. Um, those are the ones they have fun for one. These matches are all like 30 minutes long on this show, right? Like mm-hmm. you could go out there and AEW boy it up, right? Fanboy it up. You go out there and have, however, Tito versus Greg Valentine would put people to sleep in 2021, right? But it didn't in 1988, right? Because they start off slow, 
They're doing the test strength by the end. They're both dripping sweat, and they had an awesome match, but it was slow and steady. But the other thing they did, and this is important, and I didn't realize it until you asked that question, whenever you're a kid and you're watching Rene Goulet get beat every single week, and you're watching Lanny Poffo get beat every single week, and Mike Sharp gets beat every single week, all these guys get beat every single week, and you never smarten up to the fact that they're mm-hmm. always going to lose. We talked about it before. We all thought Iron Mark Sharp was going to beat Tito Santana on that match that ended as the show went off the air. I'm sure you remember, Professor. I don't know if mm-hmm. JB does, but they literally went to two, three different commercial breaks because Tito had until TV time remaining, and he hit the flying burrito as the three-count hit. It went to the next show that came on. So what they did with house shows, you had Lanny Poffo versus, I don't even remember who he wrestled because I watched that one yesterday. Um, he Boris Zukov. Volkov. Oh, Zukov. So you basically have two job guys wrestling each other, guys who always lose on TV. Zukov got pushed for a little bit as a as a – as uh bolsheviks but he was a job guy as a matter of fact he's like buck sumhoff and the milkman jake milliman they were job guys on saturday morning for wwe but main eventers in AE or awa on uh in minnesota or whatever so what they did in house shows around here <laughs> you'd have jim powers versus al perez and one of them won so that made it when you saw him on tv again you're like Okay, I've seen him win now, so he does have potential. And you know what I mean? Like, they did little things like that, but it was so much more fun to be at a house show. And and I know I'm covering the whole thing here. One thing, I I think I might have to restate. I've always argued that Austin is the most popular wrestler of all time in a window. But this is 1988. This is four years into Hulkamania. Like, almost four full years because you said september of 88 right so he wins this belt in january of 84 so Mm -hmm. january of 88 is four years and then so it's almost five that place never sat down when he came out and fought boss wait 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 wait, wait. no 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 no. it was any powerful that was stirring up the crowd they were up it was the the right sat here in disbelief going Wow, I had forgotten, and, and to answer your question, to sum it all up, remember, Hogan never wrestled on TV, barely. So he did house shows. a house show, he wrestled, and he wrestled for 20, 30 minutes, and it was never, ever disappointing. It, and it reminded me, I mean, he did so much, he handcuffs, he smacked, he worked. And I just thought, wow, if people would have saw him only in house shows, they think he was a better wrestler than the credit they give him for for the four or five moves of Doom because of what you've seen in pay-per-views. The fucking clothesline, the boot to the face, the lay drop, and the back rake. He okay. worked the crowd at house shows. And it was and and like you said, we're spoiled with pay-per-views. They didn't come once a month to New York. Oh, New York they did, but they they came to Detroit every like three months. And Hogan wasn't always there because they'd have the B show. Our main event would be Macho Man versus Steamboat, because Hogan versus Orndorff was the main event in the next town, right? So, mm-hmm. because they had A and B crews. So, it was a big deal to see Hulk Hogan in person, or Andre the Giant, or Junkyard Dog, or whoever it was. But the response he got from the audience here blew me away. Because it was uh, so, start to finish. Go ahead, JB. I'm going to say something well, after. So, um... I, I do want to talk about Hogan for a second. Should we wait till the match, or do you, should, you want me to talk about it? We're now? Not doing this, 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 this board is this is boardroom. We're okay, talk so about everything, front to back and side to side, just I, look, I, just I, like I, you like, 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 like the front. Mm-hmm. 
as I'm um at wait, do I do that front to back or back to front? No, okay. So um as we're watching this, right? I'm watching this last night and I'm telling my wife, like, this is like Hulk Hogan is like top right now. Like, he doesn't have the title, right. but he's about to win the title in about four months on WrestleMania five. However, mm-hmm. I was floored and shocked when after the match, and I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but there was quite a few people throwing garbage in the ring and chucking I shit at him. Yes. There at was him? Quite- at him in the ring, there were, there were. I mean, it wasn't like fucking NW when he turned heel in NWO or anything like that. But <laughs> if you go back and watch it, he got at least four or five different pieces of debris thrown at him. Uh, in the end, when he was doing his was, was this wait was this after he took out Bossman and Slick or was yeah. this before? This is after, because no, this is after like when he was doing his you know Hulk must pose his little oh, thing okay. at the end. He, and I as this is happening, I'm telling my wife like, what the hell? I'm crazy. This is like the top of his fandom. But people are probably starting to get. <laughs> The, the, it's not the top of his fandom. That's why I pointed out his 88. It's a little long in the tooth. Almost yeah. 89. Mm-hmm. This this was an example of the wane. It started to wane, but not yes, fully yes. wane. And two, the protection of the house show, JB, only the Los Angeles cable network showed this. So nobody knew it. I didn't know it in New York that people were throwing garbage. TW didn't know in Detroit that people were throwing garbage in L.A. This was the beauty of the lack of technology, JB, the lack of the dirt sheets, the lack of Meltzer's power to reach on a nationwide uh, scale, so to speak, where Hogan has protection for the next three years. Now, tell you this, it was a pay-per-view that people started hating Hogan, and that was 92's Royal Rumble, where everybody was chanting Sid and Sid, saying yes. And saying Hogan sucked, and you could not, and and shield it as Vince McMahon might, but you couldn't shield it because I had the pay per view. I recorded the original one. You can edit it the way you want, Vince, but I saw the original because my father paid for that pay per view. But <laughs> let's go back to this 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 scenario with the house shows. Hulk Hogan was the main event of this one, TW, and like you said. There's an A show and a B show. So Hogan being on the main event here, surprising enough, because there was only one championship match in this house show, and that was for the tag team titles. And we'll talk about Demolition and Powers of Pain in, in a couple of minutes. But the, the B show has to be Macho Man defending the title. The B show has to be the ultimate warrior defending his intercontinental title. So what do you say? The what do you say in comparison that the A because everybody says that if you work a Hulk Hogan A show, you're getting paid more. So right. the B show, Macho Man being the heavyweight champion and the Ultimate Warrior being the Intercontinental champion, they're getting paid less than the Who's Hulk Macho Hogan Man A fight? show. Who's Macho I would Man call fighting the on the B show? Let, let's just say, Art, for argument's sake, Ted DiBiase. Let, let's no, just say. No, no, DiBiase it, it can't be, though. No, no, I'm just, no, hypothetically. I'm just saying no, hypothetically. No, no. I'm, I'm asking you guys, who, who would he have been working? Because I would have said DiBiase okay. as well. But well, DiBiase was, on, DiBiase was on this show, so it hypothetically. It could have been Steamboat because Macho Man is a face at this time. It would have been either. It would have been. It would have been either Honky Tonk or Andre the Giant. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. And Warrior was probably working rude. No, Warrior was working honky. Yes. Oh, because he just won it. Yes. yes. He, he won it in August, and they kept, like, floating that uh, that rivalry. But TW, they're getting paid less? Am I wrong to say that? I I, I wouldn't call Hogan the A-show. I, I would say Hogan. Has, no, I would. 
It, it, it's been said in podcasts. It's been said in magazines. Wrestlers have said they show. They politic to work a Hogan show because they got well, paid. Yeah, because it was a bigger gate. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I don't. I don't think they planned it as the A show. Is my point. You got Lanny oh. Bobble versus Boris Zukov. You got Cheeto versus Valentine. These these aren't a but they're, they're getting paid more because they're on the Hogan bill. That's what people politic for, for. sure. For sure. I know. Yeah. Go ahead, JB. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, 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 not at all. But I was gonna say, I feel like it is the A show. You have the world champ Hogan. You have the he's not world champ. champ. Our, well, you know what? Okay, you're right. The flagship. He, he's the flagship. He's the, fla- he's the flagship. He's the franchise. He's the he's the main eventer. So you have him on your A-show. You have the tag team champs on it. You have some decent workers, Tito Santana, Greg Valentine. Um, you have the GOAT, Lenny Poffo. So this is the this is the, the A-show. The B-show still has to have your, your Macho Man or your Ultra Warrior. Because if you take Macho Man or Ultra Warrior out of that picture, there's not one fucking soul that's probably going to... Well, no, that's not true. Everyone's going to everything back then. But you need you still need some some quality guys on there. And that's why they had Macho Man and Ultra Warrior. Also, just going back to um, Professor's question house shows they were important obviously for financial reasons which we've been talking about but also the house shows there wasn't like you know weekly paper like weekly um events and raw and smackdown and nxt and and monthly pay-per-views back then so the house shows was a way to yes get finance but also to get 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 people to kind of prolong into the pay-per-views not a lot of stuff was made like storylines they would have tidbits of storylines but it was literally to keep the product on and push it along towards the pay-per-view. Because they did, like... I actually, I actually will twist that, JB. Let, well, let me just with, say what, what, what Okay, thing. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Back then, they were, and, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, they were really more into the house shows than the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Around this time, it, it might have started turning because they introduced Survivor Series. Uh, I don't think, actually, this was the first Royal Rumble that year, but it wasn't a big thing. It was just a televised thing on USA. It wasn't yeah. a pay-per-view yet. So mm-hmm. they were probably making more money uh, on the house shows versus that yearly income on, on the WrestleMania or, you know, I, I believe this was the first year in Survivor Series or the second year. Professor, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But, yeah, that's all I have to say. We're, they're coming off the second Survivor Series. This was the – in 88, this was the first Which Royal was Rumble. the freaking – that's the one that had the best tag team match ever. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, yeah. T.W. Tranquilo, T.W. Tranquilo. We'll get there. But I want to get into this house show uh, quandary here, if you will. Because the, you, you said, J.B., about the storylines. It's kind of funny that you say that. There was a house show storyline. And let me try to explain this here. Because, you know, coming off of Survivor Series 88, guys, <clears throat> the biggest storyline was the Mega Powers against Big Boss Man and Akeem, a.k.a. the Twin Towers. So that main event was Hogan and Savage and their team of Hulkamaniacs or or team of Mega Maniacs, I forgot what they call themselves, against the Twin Towers people. I forget the, the people there. But... Wait, are you ta- you're talking about Hogan and, and um, Savage? Yeah, when they, you know, they were the they were sole the survivors. They were the Mega Powers. No, but you remember they always had the team, the team. name. The, I for forgot some, the team. For Survivor Series? Yeah. They were the Hulkamaniacs. No, no, I think they, they were the I think they were the Mega Maniacs actually. Yeah, some maybe Mega Maniacs or the Mega Team Mega Powers, whatever. But it, neither here nor there. But for TV purposes, that was the biggest storyline. But for house show purposes, just like this Hogan and Bossman match, it it carries over a little bit. But let me just say this: I remember, like for house shows, you know, if you if they're if they're at Los Angeles, maybe once a month or once every month and a half, guys, they kind of continue that storyline. 
that's not on TV. That's not on the right. national scale. So they they're do getting dusty finishes and then come back with the rematch. Right. That's that's what I want to say because these these are different storylines. This is a different direction. And of course, you know, again, people remember Boss Man against Hogan. You know, on the Brother Love Show on national TV, Boss Man beat the tar out of Hogan, handcuffed him on the Brother Love Show, and now every house show, Hogan gets the one uppance on the Big Boss Man. And you know everybody leaves home happy, but that's but that's what what it is. The difference of the house show, Hogan can make everybody happy, but then he goes on you know superstars of wrestling and wrestling challenges and cries like a bitch, like I'm gonna get you, boss man. I'm gonna get you right. finally. And it takes a Saturday night's main event or something like that, or even the pay per view at the Royal Rumble or, or something like that. So it's so different on a grander scale. So that that's what I wanted to point out to all the reflections. The house show mentality storylines. And the the national TV is night and day. TW, agree or disagree? You have a different example, or you have an example of yourself. One hundred percent. They they made you feel like at a house show because I was lucky enough that my mom would try to take me every time they came to Kobo or Joe Lewis, and mm-hmm. you knew when you went back, you remembered what happened last time, and that's a good way to get people coming back. And and JB said something earlier. I was like, no, you're wrong. But I'm like, wait, wait a minute. He's right. There wasn't a weekly show like Raw. There was a weekly show, Primetime Wrestling, but A, you had to have cable. I didn't. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. B, it was just highlights of matches from around the country. Like, they would just pluck Boston Garden matches or New York matches. They were never a show. And superstars, we didn't know it at the time. We thought they were shows. I said this not too long ago to Professor JB. I was like, as a kid, I'm like, why would anyone pay to go watch Hogan versus Brooklyn Brawler when you can see it on TV for free and that arena was packed? Like, you're like, that's rude, yeah. you know? And you're like, I'd rather see Hogan versus Macho Man. But you figure it out in a, as an adult. Those those Saturday morning matches were the, the curtain jerkers and the dark matches of a house show. And then they just put right. it on, like like I said, Lanny Popo versus Borzukov. And the reason I say they're both jobbers is because Poffo won that match, right? I fully yeah. expected Zukov to win it. But no, Zukov no, didn't win that match. Zukov won. He did win it? With the Russian sickle. Oh, yeah, off the rope. Off the rope. Yep, yep, yep. That was the okay, first so, time so, so, again, Zukov that probably aired on Superstars with him winning the match, right? Mm-hmm. But but Poffo got his poem in. Um, but one thing I noticed about this show, it, other than it was the tag team titles, it was a bunch of tag teams in singles matches. Did you... Jim Powers is Young Stallions. He was just on the pay-per-view, Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Um, Zukov, Bolsheviks. Uh, Bossman Akeem, but they're obviously in singles feuds. That was more like two dudes that hate my enemy is my friend. My, en- right. my enemy's enemy is my friend. Um, but Tito was Strike Force. He had the sombrero and the lightning bolt. Valentine, I'm not sure if he was teaming with anybody yet because he had the – that's right no, around the time he was shooting still, with Ronnie Garvin. With still the, singles. Uh, those, yeah, those singles. But he had the heart heartbreaker. It was called because of Jimmy Hart. I think is why he called it that. But mm-hmm. it was not long after that. He's either Timo Dino Bravo or Honky Tonk Man. I can't remember which Honky. one happened first. Uh, so so it's just, it was weird that all these tag team wrestlers were by themselves, which it kind of lends itself to thinking that those tag teams really didn't like each other, right? Like they were tag teams mm-hmm. on TV alone because. Or like, or A show, B show mentality where the other tag team partner could be on the other B show. But why would you separate a team is my point. Why, no why one's watching it. No, nobody's watching it. If it's local, let's just say they're doing the L.A. sports arena for the A show. 
Let's say right. the B shows at Sacramento at their arena at the Arco. You don't you, you have... think a tag team being on the road together is good for continuity and cohesiveness and just you know overall? Like but that's the, the but, w, but WWF matches a show. No, but WWF mentality has never been about uh, respecting the tag teams. You know that, TW. It's, well, it wasn't 87 and 88. It was no. arguably the best matches that's, of both Survivor Series that's, the tag team ones. That's television. I will tell you this. For house show mentalities, tag teams, I will give you this, For especially for Madison Square Garden. I can't speak for your area. I can't speak for JB's area. I can't speak for L.A. I'm speaking for Madison Square Garden for what I saw. Heart Foundation and Bulldogs, 85. That tore the house down in Madison Square Garden, religiously. You're right, yep. T.W. But then, after 86, after 87, it hey, really... What's that? Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I do have mm-hmm. something to say, but um, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I'm just saying, but after a certain point, Vince McMahon's like, you know, let's split them up. This is house show. It's not as important as it was for that right, tag team continuity. When I was a kid, it would be Bulldogs versus Dream, uh, Beefcake and Valentine on the upper... Like, they'd be the first match after an mission. Mm-hmm. Earlier, it'd be Killer Bees versus Sheik and Bokov. You, but you, you would got have four tag teams yeah. on the show. But you got your tag team uh, main event, you could say, on this A-show with the Powers of Pain and right. against Demolition because that was the biggest tag team storyline coming off of Survivor Series 88. Right. Go ahead, JB. Right. Go so, ahead, JB. What um, you say? Before I say this, I still want to say I believe this show was the A-show. Because mm-hmm. it had Hogan and because it had Demolition. But what I'm about to say proves why it it's the A show because of the drawing. But we can all agree the rest of the the rest of the guys there, outside of like maybe Tito and Greg and the mm-hmm. tag team match in the main event, everybody else is pretty much shit. Okay. I actually just looked up what the B show was, which was the day before. It was December sixteenth. The show we're talking about was December seventeenth. Let me read you the card. Okay. And this is clearly a better card, but I guarantee you they didn't outdraw Hogan. And here's the card. Danny Davis defeated Jose Luis Rivera. I don't even know who the fuck that is. That, that's the, that's the match of the decade. That's match of the decade for 88. <laughs> uh, who don't you know? Um, who, Jose Luis Rivera. Dude, that's one of the conquistadors. He was one of oh. the job guys. Why the fuck didn't you just say conquistador? Okay, anyway. He, he, no, he was Jose Luis Rivera is a job guy, and then they put two job guys under masks and called them the Conquistadors, who, by the way, were in that Tag Team Survivor Series match. Yes, they were. And in the finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next match, King Haku defied, uh, defeated Harley Race, which is weird to me because I never knew Harley Race was a face um, in WWE. Um, the Haku next match, was. Haku no, was no. a face as King you, Haku? Uh, no le- uh, let me explain this one. Harley Race was injured, and Bobby Heaton bequeathed the kingdom to Haku. Harley oh. Race came back healthy, 100%, wanting his king, his crown back. Haku said, fuck you, and that was your storyline. Go ahead, go ahead, JB. Uh, that's probably when he heard his back. Okay, mm-hmm. Sam Houston defeated Conquistador Uno, which is probably fucking Jose Luis Rivera. Just the other one. Double. Okay, mm-hmm. Mr. okay here's, a, here's a good match. Mr. Perfect versus um, defeated Paul Roma. The Brain Busters defeated the Rockers. That must have been great. Andre defeated Jake. That must have been great. And uh, Ultimate Warrior defeated Honky Tonk Man in a steel cage uh, IC title match. So that's There's clearly a, be- a better, way better card. But I guarantee you Hogan outdrew them. But where's the world title? So Macho Man's not on either show. No, uh, Macho Man's probably fucking Elizabeth or something. I don't know. He yeah. got the night off so on both nights. Because the, the B show, the main event, was the IC title or the tag title. But it would be the actual main event, not in the middle of the show like the tag team title was on this one. I would say that steel cage match would have been the 
the main event. And of course, it took for the blue cage, it took about 30 minutes to put up. So they had to let, leave it for last. But that is the B show. It had to be first. Oh, last. guys. I, I, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Hold you on. Read one second. You read no, it wrong. You read it wrong. That was December 16th. I didn't realize they were, they had, they actually had two shows on the 17th. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I'm going to it right now. So that was the day before. It's probably going to be something in the same thing. So um, they were in Louisville. Uh, Scott Casey defeated Steve Lombardi, which is Brooklyn Brawler. Tim Two job guys. Well, you, Tim, well for, forget about the card. You just said it. Louisville. That's a B-show. That's a B-show <laughs> location. Forget <laughs> about it. It doesn't matter. Give me the main uh, event. Just give me the main event. The main event was Savage versus Rick Rude for the WWE they- title. There you go. But there. They, also, they also had Thomas Rouge versus um, Hard Foundation. That was a decent match. So, yeah, but they had Savage on top uh, with Rick, uh, Rick Rude. All right, but but you, you, the location. Yeah, L.A. L.A. is your A show no matter what. That's the big market. That's the big television market. That's far away. That is far away. But a show in Louisville on the same time as the show in L.A. No, but yeah. think about it, T.W. But, but think about this reflection. I Vince McMahon, being the shrewd man that he was in the 80s, the expansion that he did, he knew that Louisville, Kentucky is, quote-unquote, a southern wrestling territory. That's Jerry the King. there. Right, but that's where – that's Jerry Lawler country, give or take. That's Jim Cornette country. So he t- he's taking less risk by not having – because think about it this way. The, the, JB, does it say the attendance for that Louisville show? By by any mean by any chance, it does not. But I'm actually looking at. I know this has not to do with anything. I'm actually looking at the day before, where that same crew was in Denver. It mm-hmm. was literally the same card, but they. I mean, I don't know why the fuck this was, but fuck, Hogan, that's a drive. Hogan, <laughs> Hogan and Bossman were mid card, and the the main was oh, actually Denver to LA is quicker. The main was DiBiase versus Hercules. Um, it's all the same card and pretty much the same Hercules, finishes. Hercules. Uh, well, again, y- you're right. It's a it's a long hell of a drive. So you know, I guess Savage got punished to go to Louisville instead of going to L.A. But that's neither here nor there. But I just wanted to say this because it's less of a risk for Vince McMahon to have Hogan main event L.A. because he knows there will be ninety percent capacity. That's a guarantee for Vince McMahon. He is showcasing his flagship. WWF is the flagship, and you need your flagship guy, and that's still Hulk Hogan, with or without a belt. If you put Hulk Hogan in Louisville, Kentucky, a southern wrestling territory, let's say it's a 10,000-seater, and only 3,000 show up. And that happens sometimes, Reflection Nights. They did not sell out those areas. So, Professor, what's that? I have a question because I feel like you're the only one to be able to answer this. Mm-hmm. So I know. So the show we're talking about is on the 17th, and I talked about the card for both A and B, and mm-hmm. I talked about the card also for uh, A and B the day before. However, okay. we we talked about Randy Savage, the champ, not being on the card. However, I actually just I didn't realize there were three shows on December 16th. <laughs> so the oh. other sh- the other show, and now this is my question to you because I never seen something like this. The other show on December 16th was in um one second i'm getting it up right now um one second sorry let me find the town real quick so it was in memphis at the mid-south coliseum and it was literally one match and it was savage defeating rick rude for the mm-hmm. w title like to retain title it was just a one match have you ever heard of a house show with one match 
That's just all that got reported. I'll bet you two people sent it in, and that was on that same show. Well, it, it could look at it from... It's a totally different arena, though. Right, it's no, not no. an error. That match was probably with that other card. No, no, no. I understand what he's talking about. Think about it like this, because... You know, there there is this vicious rumor that Vince McMahon does not work well with others. But, others. you know, for, for Vince McMahon purposes... He did try to do some things. And let me let me show you this as an example, especially with this L.A. Sports Arena show. Did you catch the the lead color uh, play-by-play announcer? Rod you Trungard, old man. Star? Rod Trungard. Do you know where he worked? No. Or where he was currently working in 88? Memphis? Uh, he was the voice of AWA. Mm. For oh, the last... Oh, four, yeah, yeah. For the last three... From 85 to 88... Rod Trunga was the voice of AWA, and he sometimes two super clashes, right? Yeah, he did. No, 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 wow. not not the first two two super clashes, but he, he did. He a, was he was good. Yeah, he, he was good. Lance Russell. But if you remember this, now this is because of Master Square Garden Network. I don't know if you heard this on Detroit TW. Maybe you can confirm this if you saw it on TV. But Madison Square Garden shows, I heard Ron Trogard, and at that same time, I heard Nick Bockwinkle on commentary. So Vince McMahon did work with the other promoters and, and promotions and their guys or whatever. So I did not know, I did not realize that Nick Bockwinkle was doing commentary, but he did on Madison Square Garden. I don't know if you heard it on Detroit, TW, but or even cared, but we that didn't happen. have Detroit. We had we had the Boston Garden or the New York shows. Duke of Dorchester would always do commentating with Alfred yeah. Hayes whenever I saw stuff. But definitely you heard Rod Trungard. I just wanted to show I just wanted to show he, that. He proof. was good and I I just thought, wow, this guy's I, I never heard of that guy until I watched him yesterday. How terrible is superstar Billy Graham on caller? Horrible. He, he all I thought was, is he trying to sound like Dusty Rhodes? Because I kept thinking Dusty was there. <laughs> and I'm like, it's but that's Billy Graham. And I'm like, and then he was on that Hulk Hogan team. It was Billy Graham, Don Morocco. Actually, no, he Billy Graham got knocked off, and Morocco filled in for him, I think. No, Superstar yeah. Billy Graham was not on that team. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to be. Him, and that's why he was doing commentating, because he said something about Fuji's cane or Valentine's knee brace. This, he, one that of those guys, he said, that's the guy put me on the shelf. Was that the one with huh? Bam Bam Bigelow? Bam Bam Bigelow, and he was left for the three guys. And Patera, Bam Bam Bigelow, yeah. Don Morocco, Hogan, and Mark. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. No, Orndorff. Right? Orndorff, Orndorff, yeah. Orndorff. That was 87, yeah. But Billy Graham was supposed to be on Team Hulkamania. And, and you know, Vince McMahon, I guess he, he had a soft spot for Billy Graham for what he did in the 70s. And he created Hogan. It, it, well, yeah. Billy Graham created Hogan. He created Jesse Ventura. But, uh, the steroids, he re he re-steroid himself, and that's why it just didn't work the second time around. And and Vince McMahon felt maybe he felt guilty, so he thought maybe he he has the gift of gab to do color commentary, guys. But uh-uh. what would you grade him? I, I grade him, and I'll be Fucking nice. D minus. Yeah, I, I give him a D minus. I, I go I go with the I go with the D. I give him because he let functioned. Me tell, let me tell you this. That's it. That's all he had going for him is he was functional. Go ahead, Jimmy. He your- was horrible. Just because you're great on the mic doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a great commentator. And I'll use this guy as an excuse. One of the greatest guys on the mic in the history of the company. My favorite heel of all time, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Terrible commentator. But right. even, and he, even in, if you read his book, he even says, I was horrible. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I told Vince I don't want to do it anymore because I was so bad. On the mic, he was phenomenal, but commentary was terrible. 
It's always the formula. You have to have that presence of anybody, no matter if good guy color or bad guy color. Anybody who had the gift of gab to, to do a 30-second to a two-minute promo, he was almost obligated to do color commentary because they needed that kind of voice. So Billy Graham, I guess out of guilt for, from Vince McMahon because, you know, I don't know. Again, the steroid trials was a couple of years away. So, and, and of course, Billy Graham, hate, you know, was vindictive towards Vince McMahon and the WWF. So he might have blamed Vince McMahon, but he's Vince, gone before these years up, no? Technically, uh, yeah. Th- I, I, th- 13 more days? I, I would say he did it like the beginning of 89, and then he kind of disappeared off of the commentary booth and all that stuff. So I, I'll say that. But Rod, I just wanted to point out Rod Trongar, Mr. AWA, was there, and he was the lead. You know, he was the house show commentator. I heard him everywhere. He traveled with WWF, and I was more surprised about that. Maybe they didn't have contracts, or maybe Vern didn't have enough. Maybe Vern was the first Tony Khan and said, hey, as long as you're here for our shows, you can go work for the WWE that, and make some that, money. I excellent. Honestly, excellent point. That's what I'm trying to say. Tony Khan is the new hustler. Vern Gagne said the same thing. That's all it is. I go ahead, Jamie. Uh, um, before I say what I'm about to say, was it Tony Schiavone was still with the company at this time, right? No. He didn't come until 89. Oh, so that was okay. No, so I'm good because um, I actually have the Hulkamania 4 VHS and mm-hmm. Big Boss Man fought Hulk Hogan in a steel cage match. It was a house show. Phenomenal match, actually. And the commentator for that is actually Tony Schiavone and um, Lord Alfred. So yeah. I was sort of expecting them for this particular card. But yeah, I forgot Schiavone wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came in like um, April of '89. I know what you're talking about because I saw that match on MSG when I yes. first got pay- when I first got cable. That was the I saw the Madison Square Garden cage oh, match. Hogan some off the top. Yep, defending yeah. the the title against the Boss Man off the blue cage. Yeah, Hogan yes. superplex Boss Man. Yes, mm-hmm. off the top, off the oh top, and God. Boss Man juice for that match too. It was like hey. it's on Hulkamania Four if you could get a hold speaking of that. Speaking of speaking of thinking you're gonna see someone die. Um, Professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francismo. What's my guy's name? And Fantismo. What's you my mean the... Escobar? Pablo Escobar. What's his name? Oh, Sa- Santos Escobar. Yeah. What about Sant- him? I lo- By the way, I like him more and more every time I see him. But he's mm-hmm. small. He looks so huge in the suit, and then he wrestles. He's small. Um, the Frankenstein,er standing on the top rope to that tall dude, that Zion guy. I thought oh. they both died on the landing. Oh, okay. I didn't see you didn't the watch show. It? So, no, I didn't NXT? see it. Mm-mm. Okay, watch it and mm-hmm. tell me, uh, dude. He's JB. good. He's JB. good. Watch it. Watch watch Santos Escobar versus Zion. It's the it's the last match before Gargano comes out to talk to the crowd. They are on the top rope, both of them, standing. And Zion's so green that he's just standing there I, waiting for it. And rather he does a standing Frankensteiner, and he's a foot and a half shorter than the guy and makes it. But I they almost die on the landing. On our compilation of Ultimate Warrior promos than NXT or any current product at the moment. What's that? I'd rather watch a one-hour compilation video of Ultimate Warrior promos Versus watching any current products. I feel like you're insulting everything I like right now, and I don't like it, JB. <laughs> don't make me find Keith, Keith Lee and have him give you another pounce like he did in that damn that NXT show when you went through that plexiglass. To be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Warrior promos are awesome. People still talk about them today. We don't know what he said. Oh, but we okay, okay, okay. Well, 
Hold up, hold up. Okay, let let's get back into this house show here. So yes. let me let, let me put a, let me put a it's bow a, on this. JBTW off the edge. Of, of course, of course. Just because you, you it's been like months, JB. You know, you've been yeah. pounced. You've been pounced on by Keith Lee and the Thunderdome. You've been, you know, you've been licking a Vince McMahon's ass. You've been furloughed <laughs> from Vince McMahon. You've been sliding in professors' DMs. That too, but you know, you don't get no carte blanche. You got to earn your stripes again. Let's do it. <laughs> Even though you were on the promos on the taglines. But anyway, let's get back into this and then we'll we'll close this out because we had fun about the boardrooms. Again, this is coming off the Survivor Series. This is this is coming off the Survivor Series uh pay-per-view, which was a success. Let me just uh let me just uh focus. Let's let's all focus on this one this one match at least. One of the top storylines coming off of Survivor Series 88 was the powers of pain and demolition for the WWF Tag Team Championships. This was the co-main event of the A-Show here. And this was the first month, so to speak, of demolition being, quote-unquote, babyfaces. Yes. And uh, I'm going to go to TW first. I'm not talking about this match. I'm just talking about – Let I'm asking you this in, in your t- 2020 Wonder Eyes, TW. From what you saw or what you remember – about the flip of Powers of Pain coming in, because they were coming in as the Rogue Warrior wannabes. They got all the pomp and circumstance, and I think Vince McMahon said, you're not Hawk, you're not Animal. We got to change this. And the crowd knows it. And and the crowd knows this. And I guess because of that misfortune against the Powers of Pain, kind of rejuvenated Demolition, where it would have been like, oh, we're kind of tired of them being heel tag team champions. They got an extra two years being one of the quote-unquote greatest WWF tag team champions of all time. Agree, disagree, or have a different take? I agree, and I believe JB's one of them. There's there's many people who think Demolition's better than the Road Warriors. I'm not I one do. of them. I, I, um, I am I, one of them. I, I think you said it before, yeah. But So I remember that... <laughs> Uh, it's it's very it's a very rare turn where the manager turns on the guy, mm-hmm. and they swap right like because I think the last four guys are Demolition and Powers of Pain in that awesome no. tag team Survivor Series, or it's three teams left Probably and they are also there. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're the finish, and he turns on uh, Animal and Hawk. He turns on Axe and Smash so that the old, the good guys win. And then uh, don't they beat up the conquistadors just so there's no confusion they that they're beat bad the guys? Shit out of, they beat the shit it's out of them. Yeah, they do. It's, it's right up there with uh, when when Tatanka was the one with DiBiase all along, and they thought when DiBiase helped Tatanka beat uh, Luger that it was DiBiase turning good. It was mm-hmm. not. It was they pulled the wool over your eyes. Luger was never bad. Tatanka was the whole time. So it's it's almost like that. But not, and I can't think, I think maybe once or twice ever in my 40 years of watching wrestling that you have a switch like that where the manager went with the opponent and turned on, and you know, like the bad guy got turned on. Normally it's a good guy turning on the bad guy Mm -hmm. because really when a bad guy gets turned on, the fans still are like, good. Because you know, they don't like them, right? It was it was set up for the powers of when they came in, and, and remember this is '88. Powers of Pain coming from the NWA, and I saw both shows. I was like, right. "Damn, Powers of Pain are here! The Brainbusters are here! Ali, Tart, uh, Tully, and Orn are there!" I'm like, "Damn, they they're getting some people from the NWA." But uh, but anyway, I'm going with the Powers of Pain. I don't want to tr- lose my train of thought. I thought they were coming in, and 
I was 11 years old. I said, they're going to be the tag team champions. It's just a matter of when. And they never and, were, were they? And they never were. And well, it just – go ahead, JB. I'm sorry. I, I never heard this, but maybe the original plan probably maybe was to eventually put the titles on them. However, I, I no one's ever told me that. I'm just, just thinking out loud. However, um, uh, uh, Professor, I know you, you, you said it, and I don't know if you were just saying it or you were – but you're like, oh, maybe they got tired of them being – heels and they turn him face but i actually saw a shoot interview with with axis match it's an old shoot interview and mm -hmm. they said that on a lot of the shows they were getting cheered a lot and you know vince back then was very thing about heel and faces and vince is like you know what before everybody starts no from i'm not i'm not disputing that jb no i i heard the cheers Th their look was so unique and Especially even for the in the music, I was going. Yeah, here comes. The, I yeah. love the shit. Right. I wasn't yeah. booing them like I hated them. It was the same thing like today or ECW. Like you loved the heels. Demolition was the the heels you loved. They were I better was, than. Go ahead, JB. I just wanted to say that from what I from my uh, experience because I went to SummerSlam '88. I, oh. I remember, remember that. I saw the debut of the Powers of Pain when they were managed by Baron Von Raschke. Right, they got they, they got the pop in Madison Square Garden, but for some reason I don't know I just, I just feel and this is hindsight right now I didn't feel this at 11 years old I'm just going by right now I was like I think it was not a successful debut that Vince McMahon thought it just didn't work and they had to flip it because in his mind they're not hawk and animal they did not get the road warrior pop go ahead JB the thing is like. When you look at teams like Demolition or Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom, um, or even the Rock, you know the Rockers, Heart Foundation, these teams had like it's, and I'm not even talking about wrestling skill, but they had that. Um, the word I'm looking for is not is not grabbing me right now. Not flamboyant, but there's a word I'm looking for, like their whole aura. Stars. They, they look like fucking stars. They, the they had the, the it factor. Right. They had the look. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't have that. Um, I, I, the words missing me right now. One of you guys might probably say, but. They didn't have that. Je that, sais quoi. No, that's not it either. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm trying. I, I was I was shocked as well. As far as it wasn't rounded. It wasn't rounded out. Powers of Pain looked like two dudes stuck together. And as I watched that match, I thought, they don't look like a team. They just look like two fucking weirdos that are tagged together. Whereas mm -hmm. Demolition looked like a team. Animal and Hawk looked like a team. Sean and Marty looked like a team. And those guys, even though they both looked like they were from Mad Max, they didn't yeah. look like... They weren't both wearing Rams jerseys, if, if that makes any sense, right? Like, they, there's no cohesiveness to them. Yeah. And, and you I, could tell Warlord could grow his hair out, that he just had that stupid haircut for the look. And it was terrible because he could still comb it. Like, it was long in the back. It was. Like, right. But here's and I was shocked, I want to point out. Just like you guys. Real quick, unless, JB, if I cut you off and you didn't get your point out there. No, no, I was just going to say, last thing, I was shocked just as much as you guys went the double turn it was the first time i had ever seen uh i've never seen a double turn before and then i'm like wait a minute should i be like did mr fuji just turn face or like what the fuck is going on i right. I, I was confused no you knew mr fuji was not a face it just was like right. what the hell's going on here go ahead right. but they explained it well there they like they you knew by the end of the night powers pain were bad guys yes and i remember the two things a i remember being bummed out because i had high hopes for powers pain I bought their shirt. I have a picture in my other room of me wearing a Powers of Pain shirt, suplexing a kid in the neighborhood, right? And it came too small because I thought you were, I thought I was ordering age, 12 to 14, but it was like little-ass kid size, 12 to 14, not small or medium. Uh, and B, 
It's not long. This is late in 88. The Road Warriors get there by 90, somewhere around there. And so I Long think another thing that happened, yes. what made what made the Powers of Pain not become tag team champions is once Vince negotiated and he knew those Road Warriors were coming, he didn't need the Powers of Pain no more. Because the funny thing is, a lot and of people thought And the didn't demolition, need demolition. And didn't need demolition, really. But that's the thing I'm saying to you. Demolition, people thought of them as the WWE's Rockers version of the LOD, right? People always thought, but the Rockers formed before they came to WWF. They were in AWA, they were in yeah. Continental, um, whereas Demolition was a fucking Moondog and Axe, I believe, was the first yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. People recognized the Moondog and would chant Moondog, so that's how uh, Smash got in there. Um, and so, but there. I have been turned because I always thought they were Road Warrior knockoffs. Well, what better way to show they're not Road Warrior knockoffs than to bring in the actual Road Warrior knockoffs from the NWA? The Road Warriors versus Powers of Pain feud was awesome. That's the one where Animal got his orbital bone bone broken when they did the workout challenge or whatever. I mm -hmm. learned the term orbital bone because of that feud, right? And they didn't stick around long, and they left, and then they, they packaged them more like a Road Warrior team because – in NWA, they didn't really look like they did in NWC. Or, and were they called Powers of Pain in NWA? Yes. They were, so they kept the name. But but I think one of the reasons why, I think first and foremost, I've talked about it before in the show, Vince always tested house shows for turning people face or heel. And the one I talk about all the time that I watched firsthand was Narcissist and Razor Ramon. The crowd was literally split. Within a month of that house show, both turned face. Razor Ramon became a good guy because of that one, two, three kid shit, which actually is a couple months. And Luger turned good guy from slamming Yokozuna on the uh, but, but on the USS Intrepid. I I know I always know you. I love it when you tell that story. I'm not saying you're wrong here, but this is uh -huh. different because they turn the turn happened on a pay per view. The turn right. happened on national on a national right. platform. But you said their debut was Survivor Series or SummerSlam. Yeah, that's almost six months earlier. So no. in that six months... No, it was August of 88, so it was It's three, like three months. months earlier. Four. This is just August to December. It's four, at least four months. Yeah. Oh, I can't talk about So four months of house shows every day, there's probably a more cheers for Axe and Smash as okay. it went along. Oh, okay. It's like I turning get, Rocky I get heel. They turned okay. Rocky heel because people were chanting, die, Rocky, die. They're like, right. okay, okay, okay. I get a baby you. face. So you're so saying I'm that saying. it was a test after SummerSlam to see where right. they're going with this. Oh, yeah, okay, because it happened at Survivor Series. So, right, right, three months. But they knew the writing was on the wall that the fans were rejecting the powers of pain. And mm -hmm. a side effect of that was cheering for demolition. So they're like, here we go. Let's do the double swap. And there's been double swaps before. Right. But so, but not like that. Like that confused everybody. But they explained it perfectly on the show. And I just remember being bummed out, going, "Man, I had high hopes for the Powers of Pain." And that's how much of a mark I was. Was that I knew I wasn't cheering for them no more. I was disappointed because they were with Fuji, and I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll cheer for Demolition," even though I didn't like what they did to the Heart Foundation, you know, or whatever. Demolition was gold, man. Like on yeah. this run, and, okay. and press, you can correct me. Mm -hmm. They had like a record-breaking run. It was like 580-something days, I think, that they held that title for. They're... Demolition? Yeah. Yeah, I think they got the record for longest title reign. For total concurrent days, they're second to New Day. Consecutive. Right, 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 but they had before New Day broke it, they had it. It was on this run. It was 500 Oh, New Day broke days. it? Yeah, yeah New Day broke, broke it. it. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I just... 
I don't remember the record they're doing because Vince McMahon manipulates the record. So I'm trying to combine. Th- I'm combining it. their three. Their three is second to well, New Day right now that I remember. They won it at WrestleMania four, and they lo- when did they lose it? I forget. <clears throat> they lost it at on September of '89. Four hundred seventy-eight days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was September of '89? Held show? the titles for three sixty-five Saturday, Saturday night's main event against the Brainbusters. Guess who number two was? What? Demolition. Valiant Brothers. No. Demolition's oh. number one at 478. Oh. And the Valiant Brothers was 365. Yeah. And then combined, Demolition had it for 698. And combined individual for a combined record, combined reign of 932 days. One guy. Who was it? Oh, um, 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 Edge. Think about what we're talking about here. You're going to be stunned. But think about what we're talking about here. Shawn Michaels? It's not far no. from the conversation. The it, guy ain't, who held, it ain't the powers of pain. You say the guy who held the number two. So who's the only other person in this conversation? I give up. Mr. Fuji. No, fuck. Oh. Yeah, he, him and Pat Tanaka were champs, no? But he's Saeed. won it with other Saeed. people and combined Saeed. 932 right, right, right. days. Wow. So, J.B., Looking at this match, and this ended in a double disqualification, but look at the tag teams. It was In this A show, it's Powers of Pain against Demolition. You even talk about the B show was, uh, the what was it, the Rockers against the Brain Busters. Yes. And, of course, TW says that the last great tag team run was 88 after the uh, Survivor Series uh, 20-man, you know, five-team versus five-team because, again, Vince McMahon just kind of, like, you know, dismissed the tag team scene Again, because I disagree. Of, you disagree? Why? I mean, they still had decent tag teams in the early nineties. I mean, they still had Art Foundation. They like going into like Rockers. Going, going into like ninety one is when it, it it's not a, it's not about it's not about decent names or decent tag teams. It's about priorities. That's the difference. No, they had Pri- priority because I remember. Don't you guys remember? Um, the only priority in the nineties was the Road Warriors, which they got. After yeah, that, okay, yeah. nothing else mattered. After the Road Warriors, you know, fizzled in Vince McMahon's eyes because of Hawk's uh, lack of commitment in his eyes and his uh, demons, so to speak, the the tag team priority didn't kick in until the Edge and Christian, yeah. the Dudleys, when, and Hardys kicked in, and uh, and the Outlaws. When but, Nasty Boys beat Nasty Boys beat Hard Foundation WrestleMania Seven, it went downhill from there, in my opinion. I know Road Warriors had the run, but and we, yeah. I mean, um, LOD is shit compared to Road Warriors. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to point out that the tag team scene, at least in '88, and you even said the B Show, that was a great tag team match with the Rockers and the Brain Busters. So JB, put a bow on that with the tag team scene in '88. You know how great it was, and you can you can actually you know have a C Show with uh, the Fabulous Rougeo Brothers against uh, Valentine and Dino Bravo. Yeah. Even if you even if you wanted to do that. It was enjoyable to, for a house show. So, JB, as we close, what did the house show do for you as a little kid? You mean this particular house show, or any, any house show, even in your experiences? House shows to me, um, honestly, house shows to me were like, was like Christmas because mm-hmm. it was. It, it, this is normally like if you watch a superstars or, or something like that outside pay per views, it's a job guy versus a, a superstar. But here, 
technically it's it's still a lot of job guys versus superstars, but you didn't really know that they were job guys because you weren't smart because you were you know you weren't smart enough because you were a kid. So these were matches that you didn't normally see, and it, it was matches that where you knew everybody. It wasn't like like you know freaking um, uh, you know the British Bulldog versus like two guys who look like they just found them at fucking Dunkin' Donuts like hey you want to wrestle. So mm-hmm. it, it it was special in that like there was a lot of matches you didn't see and you know. I never had a chance as a child to go to a house show. I went in later as adults, but I wish I could have gotten yeah, a chance. Yeah, missed it. You missed the experience. I'm well, just yes, telling you right there. At at house shows now, it's a lot like or at least a couple of years ago, I went. Um, Orton was fighting uh, Cena, and they, they were on top of that particular house show. But mm-hmm. um, you get to see a lot of funny shit, and they do a lot of funny shit. Mm-hmm. As protected as the business was, was it like that in the '80s? Were they doing all this stupid shit and just for no, you know, no, absolutely not. not. Right, right, right. The last match ended, the lights came up, and you got the hell out of there. Right. Kayfabe, so, was, Kayfabe was protected even for house shows. They did not, not break that kind of seal unless it. it was really, unless it was really, really, like, secluded. And what I mean is, like, it did not get out of anything. You you had to hear it in, in like, the stories. You know what I mean? You had to hear it for, like, Kayfabe commentaries. You don't hear those. Kind, I understand what you're saying, JB, but you wouldn't hear that kind of story until 20 years after. It was so protected back then. If you told it, if you let it mark out to, to Meltzer in the 80s, you're fired. You're right. terminated. You was not going to be you know, working for WWE or NWA. You had to protect it at all costs. And TW, put a bow on it. What did the house show experience did for you as a little kid? I, I, just give a summary about it. You know, in, in the begin- as a little kid, there was nothing better. There was absolutely nothing better. Um and house shows prep me for WrestleMania three, where if we're being honest, when you're sitting up in the damn rafters of a WrestleMania three, you're not enjoying yourself as far as the wrestling. It's the atmosphere that that is good because you the guys are this big. They're they're smaller than that little electric football game where the mm-hmm. dude just slid with the little paper football. Right. It's not fun, but you think you're playing football, so it is. But the house shows were so intimate. One of my f- favorite things that ever happened, there was a, a job guy named Tom Stock. I recognized him. He had wrestled one of the first matches and lost, and he came out to an empty section and sat and watched the show, which is, is as a wrestler, that's a good thing to do because he's learning. He's soaking it in. He's a job guy. He wants to see what, you know, um, what he needs to do to, to be the guy in the main. And I asked he's taking, mom he's taking notes. Go over. He, he's yeah. taking notes. And I asked my mom if I could go over where he was, and she let me. And when I went and sat by him, I said, hey, didn't you just wrestle your Tom Stock? And he's like, I did. And he signed my napkin, shook my hand, and I sat there with him, and we watched the match. And then he goes, hey, kid, I got to go. And he got up and left. And I never forgot that. And I had hoped when I wrestled that I would cross paths with him again. But I never saw him again, period after that like i never saw him as a i think maybe job one or two more times but i, I don't mm-hmm. think he stayed in the business long and when i google tom stock i don't find anything but it was just you know as an even younger kid my dad took me to cobo hall when i didn't even know what wrestling was he just took me because he liked the shit right and it was guys like the executioner and bobo brazil and all that probably the chic and dusty roads but i just know the executioner scared the shit out of me and unlike watching it on tv you know I can just imagine how I would feel if I was 10 years old and Kane came out then. I would have ran. I would have literally got off my seat and ran because that's how the executioner made me feel at Kobo. So there was nothing like it. And now to go, it's hard to do it now without commentating. 
Like I almost wish there was a way to Bluetooth into the the feed so you could hear the commentating while you're sitting there and watching or mm-hmm. Raw or SmackDown or, or pay-per-view. Because pay-per-views are always fun too. Um, eh. And I've been to every pay-per-view, like the major four. I've been to mm-hmm. all of them, including right. worked one, you know, the Survivor Series. I've seen it as a fan and behind the curtain. Um, and But house shows, there's just something different. And as an older guy, hearing stories about how CM Punk – I would assume Roman Reigns is the guy that does it now on house shows where, where the, the captain of the locker room is the guy that comes out and serenades the crowd or, or the hot guy. Maybe he doesn't right. do it because he's a heel. Well, but, now, um, now house shows, you know, the, they come out maybe to do happy birthday to a kid or whatever. Or they Remember do, John yeah. Cena used to sing uh, Rocky Top or Tennessee whenever they were in Tennessee, he'd get the whole yeah. crowd singing mm-hmm. the song and whatever town they were in, he would do cheap heat like yeah, the, that. Yeah, the, the audience participation, stuff like that, yeah. so. Seems like it would be a fun thing to be a part of. By the way, the number two individual wrestler, who is it? Edge is a good guess, but he's not even close. Jericho? Edge is 20 at 385 days total. Oh, okay. That's sad. That's because they drop belts like hot potatoes. Number one is Fuji at 932 at 916. Mm-hmm. Number two. Oh, okay. Your favorite AEW patriarch. Wow. Billy Gunn. Well, you know what? I'm gonna put a, a he doesn't a even bow care, JB. He no, even I care that Billy Gunn is the second longest combined title reign. All I don't I care. Ask, all I wanted to ask is who did Tom Stock lose to? Who? Who Tom did Tom Stock, Stock lose to? He, lo- he lost Stock? to Billy Jack. He lost to Billy Jack Haynes. That's that's who he lost to. No, he was a babyface, so he probably lost to like Bundy or somebody. If you okay. check your if you check your uh, your chat after we get done recording. He had six matches in WWE. I sent you all six of them, so it would have been one of those. Cool. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna close this out here, and I'm gonna talk about actually this show, because I want to say this. This is a message to all the reflectionites who still watch the product, not like JB. And you know, I don't know if TW he 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 listens to the products. You could say he hates AEW, but anyway, I want to focus. Yeah, yeah. Again, neither here nor there. But anyway. I just want to focus on one match of this house show. In 1988, a rivalry for the ages that is celebrated like now in 2020 wonder, Tito Santana and Greg the Hammer Valentine happened here at the LA Sports Arena. We kind of like glanced over it a little bit, but let's be real reflectionites. For all those IWC, YWC smarks out there, you would be bored with the match, not because it was 25 minutes and it went to a draw, but it was four years after the Intercontinental title feud that they already had. This is the same old, same old, and this is the problem that you can't enjoy a rivalry. I hate this attitude with the, a lot of fans because it only happens in WWE. And, you know, for AEW people, you're, not, you're actually missing out on people having a rivalry. I mean, Kenny Omega and John Moxley fought twice, and that's probably too much for y'all guys. They could have a robbery for the ages in AEW history that could be celebrated, revered, and in 20 years from now, people will be, like, debating it's one of the greatest robberies ever. That's right. The, the phone even says I'm right. That's but anyway. <laughs> Amber but, is going Broadway with the beer right now. Oh, well, again, I'm just using that know. as an example. I'm just – you are so cold, and this is the season <laughs> of giving. But anyway, I hope it's TW, cold. TW, you know what I'm talking about here, because for WWF, 
We don't celebrate the rivalries. We just say it's the same old shit. So think about it this way, JB. Think about it this way, TW. Tito Santana, Greg Valentine in 88. Right now, we'd be pissed off. We'd be bored. We'd go to the bathroom. We'd get our hot dogs. We can't celebrate anything anymore. It's just so sad. And with oh, that. No, I went to the bathroom with Rock and Robin versus Sensational Sherry's. When I, I know you did. I can't that. believe we're going to go this whole episode without talking about that. I, I thought she was cute when I was a kid, man. She is not cute. She looks more like Sam Houston. Sam Houston looks like Sam Houston. Are we sure that wasn't Sam Houston? Not. not. I'm that's not all sure. I, that's awesome. And with that, guys, we close on this house show Christmas edition of the PWR podcast here at the PWSO Networks at Podbeam.com. And, of course, the PWC Networks at Podbeam.com. JB, oh, you know, this has been the gift. The gift that keeps on giving. So give out your socials. Give out whatever you're working on for 2022 or 2020 deuces. Hopefully you'll be back next week and the week after and the week after. And we'll keep working on this. We'll keep on working on this sketch, gal, to get you back here on the forefront. And stop being at the Kiss My Ass Club with Vince McMahon and trying to get your job back. So, JB, give out those socials. For I can read. I can reach on Twitter. I'm not really on much, but I can reach on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-G-P-1JB. And, yeah, man, I, I I have nothing in the pipeline right now. I'm just so busy with real life and shit, but I'd love to be back on. Um, you know, you let me know what show. If it's something enticing, I'll be here. Santa with muscles. Oh, fuck. That, that is next week. We are going to the movies. Santa with muscles, of course, tis the season. It's season's beatings here at the PWR Podcast. So, TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. We are on the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network, which is PWC Network at Podbean.com. Our Twitter handle is at PW Reflection. It's good for a profile pick change every now and again. Um, and JB already gave his out. Travis, I'm not giving yours out. Our good man, Big Ray Hernandez. We can't do it without Big Ray. At Big Ray Hernandez. Very easy. Uh, my Twitter for wrestling is at the Tommy Wonder. My Twitter for arguing politics with dum-dums is at TommyWonder19, which is also my Instagram. My Snapchat is number Wonder. My Facebook is Facebook.com backslash TommyWonder. And my YouTube channel that we did have Malfi on there from the Red Wings four-time Stanley Cup champion, Dumb Dumb Jewel and the Idiot. And then, of course, Big Vito and his wife. They help us all the time. And there's BigVitoBrand.Wixsite.com or Patreon.com slash the Big Vito Brand. And, of course, since I'm the Peace Day Resistance, the best Twitter handle ever, you can follow me at PWSOPRF. That's PWSOPROF. And hopefully this will be on the YouTube, the, the PWSO Networks on YouTube. And, of course, follow my brothers in arms from the PWSO, Mr. Infinite French himself, Billy Ray Valentine at OB1 You Know Me. And, of course, the king of the reactions, 8-Track Brown at 8-Track Destiny. And, again, next week, guys, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but we have to do it because it is the season beatings of PWR podcast. But we're going back to the movies. And we're going to review Santa with Muscles because Hulk Hogan just keeps keeps giving us material to work on for this some bitch that we call the PWR Podcast. JB, are you going to watch this movie and get your film frequency uh, hat on for this one? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I'll see you guys in two weeks. Shut. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put you on timeout for you saying that kind of 
blasphemy. Make it three weeks. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, JB, for being here. Thank you, TW. I'm the professor. That's the prodigal one, JB, and that's Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Iron Stomach himself, TW, saying good night, and we will see you next week as we go to the movies with Santa with Muscles. See you next week, Reflectionites. Ho, ho, Hogan. People, Andy, kill the goat. <laughs>